the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joined by Chairman Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina is chairing the hearing on Amy Coney Barrett's nomination to become an associate justice of the Supreme Court and doing a superb job. Good morning, Senator Graham. Good to have you. Well, thank you. I just really am proud of the Republicans on the committee, and our goal is to basically get out of Amy's way and let Amy shine. Well, she is doing that. I have one request. I would I would wonder if you could go to Sheldon Whitehouse. If he would donate those conspiracy <laughs> charts, I could raise a lot of money for the injured Marine Semper Fi Fund. I mean, that, those are the most – you have a lot of Marines in South Carolina. I raise a lot of money for the Semper yes, Fi Fund. If we can get those charts, I think I can get five figures for those charts. <laughs> well, let me just say, what I, I've always enjoyed Sheldon, and he's – here's what I would tell Sheldon. You don't need to spend $250 million. You don't need a conspiracy to convince me that Amy Barrett is one of the most qualified people in the country to sit on the court. And if there is a scheme out there, it is working because it's producing the most highly qualified people you can imagine, but uh, you know, Sotomayor and Kagan, I thought were very qualified. Uh, I just can't say enough about Amy Barrett to Sheldon. Conservatives don't need anybody to tell us about Amy Barrett. We can figure that out for ourselves. I have a suggestion. I would have every Republican yield their time to Senator Hirono. Honestly, I want to find out if a meteor strikes the earth, can you the know, president I, declare I martial law? I said, I, I said, just whose side is she on? I made a note to myself. I, I honestly, but, you know, <laughs> she was reading every other paragraph. Now, she, would have been she was I, reading every other paragraph because it was highlighted. It made no sense, Senator. Well, I, I like her personally. She's uh, she's had some health problems and but she's strong and vigorous and passionate. But I'm with you. I just think Amy Barrett had a command of the law that was just beyond impressive and a demeanor and disposition. Here's what's important. You know, the last, the bottom of the basement is conservative women in American politics. They're marginalized. They're caricatured. Their pro-life views are, views are demeaned. You know, Harris, uh, Senator Harris praised Ginsburg not for being candid but for being pro-life. Excuse me, pro-choice. That statement she read wasn't an answer to a question. It was a articulate statement of the pro-choice position. So in the liberal world, the the Amy Barrett's of the world are are marginalized. You know, there's been glass ceilings that have been broken by women. This is a reinforced concrete ceiling that's going to be busted open by Amy Barrett. Her qualifications, she embraces her faith. She's proudly pro-life, but she'll be a fair-minded justice on the Supreme Court. History is being made to all conservative young women out there. There's a place at the table for you. 
I have never seen three nominees come from a president. President Nixon made four, and it was a mixed bag. These three nominees, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and now Judge Barrett, soon to be Justice Barrett, intellectually, it's like sending three Ollies into the ring. It is just the most remarkable display of combined intellect. And you you can't ask her a question that she even needs a note on. I've taught for 25 years. I've never seen a display of the command (laughs) of con law without a note. Well, I think she loves it. I mean, she I can see why she was the professor of the year. She's um, she has just a good disposition. And I I do believe that when it comes to um, the Affordable Care Act, that she's going to look at severability. And you've got to remember, conservatives sometimes get disappointed when they don't get the outcome they would like in terms of the ACA litigation. You're a lawyer. You understand this. Is it still a tax when it's at zero? Okay, uh, Robert said it was a tax. People disagreed, but he said it was a tax, not a penalty. Uh, that made it constitutional. What happens when it goes to zero? Is it still a tax? But that's not the end of the inquiry, is it, you? If it is a unconstitutional tax, do you take the whole law down because of one provision? That's called severability. And the preference is in the law is to keep a statute as whole as possible. And I believe, I used to believe it would fall, but I've been persuaded by Professor Adler and others that I am wrong and that it will it will be considered severable. But she won't answer that, and she's right not to. Let me ask you this, Senator. Yeah. Until the hearings yesterday, I did not know that you had sponsored a 20-week bill about the unborn. I really had no idea. Does that matter to South Carolinians? Because it matters to me. Oh, my goodness. It should matter to the civilized world. We're one of five nations, seven nations in the world, that allow abortion on demand in the fifth month of pregnancy, 20 weeks. You literally can have an abortion at that period for any any reason in the world. I have legislation to take us out of that club, uh, club that we share with North Korea and Iran. So here's the legal theory. It's different um, than, than viability of, of the unborn child. At 20 weeks, medical science requires anesthesia to be provided to the unborn child because they can feel pain. Routinely, you operate on babies in the fifth month to repair defects, but you provide anesthesia. Can you imagine what it's like to be dismembered through an abortion? So the compelling state interest here is protecting unborn children who are pain-capable. That's a different legal theory. Fourteen states have passed that law. I'm trying to get passed up here. Help me get behind this law. It's a barbaric procedure that allows abortion in the fifth month of pregnancy. Does the pro-life community know this, and are they contributing at lindsaygram.com? God bless. lindsaygram.com. Help me close the gap. I'm fighting for Amy. Fight for me. But let me tell you, the pro-life community has been terrific to me in this cause. Fourteen states, I think, have already passed a version of pain-capable. And the name of it says everything. It's pain-capable bill. The question for America, do we want to be one of seven nations that allow the dismemberment of a child uh, for any reason in the fifth month of pregnancy, knowing that child can feel pain? I think not. I'm, I'm going to ask one more campaign question, then come back to Judge Barrett. It's uh, it's closer than it's ever been in your 25 years. I still think you're going to win handily. But is there a church or a fraternal organization, a county fair or an NRA meeting that you've not been to in South Carolina? I mean, you're like Mr. Constituent. <laughs> well, I, I go to birthday parties un, uninvited. Uh <laughs> I try to stay in touch. Senator Thurman told me if you take care of the people, they take care of you. Here's what's happening. Uh, combined $57 million, he's going to raise $100 million. You cannot turn on the television. He's buying my opponent about nine 
million dollars a week in TV advertising. The most ever spent on a Senate race was fourteen million for a six year period. That was me in twenty fourteen. So the amount of money is unprecedented. It makes up down. People in South Carolina understand who I am. I just need to penetrate the airways with the following message. No matter what he tells you, he's actually a Democrat. He's never mentioned it. And here's the, the clincher for me. If Republicans keep the Senate, Hugh, I will be in line to be the budget chairman. If Democrats take over the United States Senate in 2020, uh, the budget chairman will be Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Okay, that's it. I mean, it is a, it is <laughs> a national election. <laughs> Let me go back so to the to the conservative hearing. out there. Help me stop Bernie from being your budget chairman. <laughs> <laughs> LindsayGraham.com. Again, I didn't get fifty, a hundred. I think the limit's twenty eight hundred, isn't it, Senator? It's twenty hundred per person, but five or ten bucks from a lot of people goes a long way. And to the extent you can help me, I'd appreciate it. I've got good messages. I got Nikki Haley and Tim Scott doing ads. They're terrific friends. Uh, this is a conservative state in South Carolina. But again, we're in a tough environment. You know, President Trump and, and I are, are doing well, but it's not like it used to be. The amount of money does matter. Now, I want to go back to the uh, what I expect will be the attack. Eventually, you're going to get a disgruntled student because I've been teaching for 25 years. There's always one. And you're going to find a disappointed job applicant, someone who didn't get hired when she was on the appointment. There's going to be an attack. What are you going to do when they demand you reopen the hearing, Senator? Uh, this hearing, will uh, we've got a timetable. Uh, she has been subject to, to every question under the sun. Uh, today was the last round of questioning. Uh, tomorrow, Thursday, I'm sorry, we'll begin to mark up. Uh, we're going to pr- uh, report her out October 22nd. Uh, all I can say is that the weight of her life would overshadow any last-minute attempt to pull her down. She will be judged by the by, by the weight of her life, what she's done personally and professionally. There's not going to be any Kavanaugh's here. We're not going to put up with that crap again. I am. I'm actually glad that the Democrats did not bring up a forbidden religious test. I'm I'm happy they changed their yeah, ways. Me yeah, me too. Now, can the Democrats deny the full Senate a quorum that is in some of the newspapers today? Is there any way they can stop a vote? Uh, we have to have 51 of our people, and we can do anything we like on the floor. I need all the Republicans together in the committee, and I can do anything I like. What I prefer to do is follow the rules, and we have. Traditionally, you have four days of hearings, introduction the first day, questioning day two and three, outside panels uh, day four, begin the markup. Uh, but we have the ability, if Democrats want to try to boycott the hearing or deny the quorum to process the nomination and uh, – Mitch McConnell's a master at doing this kind of stuff. My job with my – and I can't thank my colleagues enough. Ted Cruz was excellent. You talk about the fifth vote. We're one a vote away from losing our Second Amendment rights, being able to have free speech. Uh, he gave a great example of why one more liberal judge would change America as we know it. But uh, Marsha Blackburn talked about what it's like to be a conservative woman. Our, our committee has done just a heck of a job. Ben Sass has been great. So we're going to deliver this nominee to the floor, I think, with a win to her back. There's, uh, there's only one thing she can't answer, and I don't know if you want to bring it up, but in 2018-19, in the college football playoff put Notre Dame in and excluded Ohio State. And I would like to see her defend that decision. But I well, don't... the last thing I'm going to say to her is that you mentioned something you can tell your colleagues a thing or two about football. Well, Clemson's about to show Notre Dame a thing or two about football in about three weeks. 
Well, I'll look for that in the opening statement. Well done, Senator. Let's close. <laughs> LindsayGraham.com, and it really Thanks. does Thanks. matter. It really does matter. matter. Because, thank you, Hugh. Thank you, Senator. Be well. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Lonnie Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. Senate Democrats want the Supreme Court confirmation hearings of Judge Amy Coney Barrett to be all about Obamacare, and more specifically, its protections for those with pre-existing conditions. That's because in a few weeks, the Supreme Court will hear arguments in California versus Texas, a lawsuit about the constitutionality of Obamacare. But as Judge Barrett correctly noted, Obamacare's pre-existing condition protections are not at issue before the Supreme Court in this case. Democrats are trying to mislead Americans into believing that the most politically popular elements of Obamacare are at risk, while at the same time using some faulty assumptions to make their arguments. Obamacare's unpopular individual mandate is at issue, but even if Barrett and the court find that the mandate is now unconstitutional, the rest of the law will likely stand, leaving its more politically popular provisions in place. Judge Barrett will make many decisions on the court if she is confirmed, but causing the demise of Obamacare in the case before it this year won't be one of them. I'm Lon Hee Chen. Publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.